The reading is uh, John 12, 12 to 19, and can be found on page 1079 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Millie, thank you for uh, reading that. We've uh, heard what happened on the first Palm Sunday, but I thought it would help us to uh, see it as well. We thought about doing a, a drama at the front to act it out, but then we thought what we need for this is a huge crowd. We won't fit everyone up here, and so this is a drama that all of us are in, because whether you agree to it or not this morning, you've turned up to church to be a huge crowd. Uh, in Jerusalem, there was a huge crowd. Uh, we think that about uh, 60,000 people would live in Jerusalem normally, but at Passover time, that would become about 30,000 people. 60,000 to 30,000 people. Yeah, that would be smaller. Uh, 60,000 to 300,000 people. Thank you. Fact-checking here uh, as a, a free service. Um, so, so five times the number of people that you'd normally have in Jerusalem. So imagine... Five times the number of people squeezed into this building. In fact, we're not going to imagine it. I'd like each of you to pretend to be five people. Uh, maybe use your hands to be two extra people. Maybe your feet are extra people. Uh, take up as much space as you can, that's right, because each of us is five people. Imagine having five times the number of people that you normally had in church or at home or at school. Everywhere you went, five times the number of people. Imagine after church, going to get your drink and a biscuit, how long the queue would be if there's five times the number of people that are normally there. Okay, huge crowd, well done. And some people in that crowd had just seen something astonishing. They had just seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. And the people who'd seen that and then come to Jerusalem, they were telling everyone about it. So I'd love you to turn to someone near you and tell them, I saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Could you do that for me? Tell someone you saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Okay, that's long enough. Uh, I don't know what you were talking about. It doesn't take long to say that. Uh, the crowd, do you hear the buzz? Each of you is five people. You've heard Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. They are excited, this crowd. And then they hear that Jesus is on his way into Jerusalem. And so the whole crowd, don't do this, it would be a disaster. The whole crowd jumped up and ran out of the city to meet Jesus and as they did, they grabbed uh, palm branches from the nearby trees. Now, some of you have been given these on your way in. These aren't really palm branches, but they're what I found on a walk yesterday. Some of you have got these. Can we give them a wave if you got them? Excellent, excellent. Pop them down for a second. Pop them down. 
They didn't just grab palm. Oh, Deborah's bringing more around. If you're feeling short on palm branches, Deborah's got some. They didn't just wave them because they're fun to wave, although they are. Uh, they waved them because palm branches were something of a, a national flower in Israel. Uh, we found from the first century some uh, coins. Archaeologists have found some coins. We've got a picture on the screen. Uh, some coins with a picture of a palm branch. And on the other side, it says, for the redemption of Zion. That's what's written on these, for the redemption of Zion. That means for saving Jerusalem. Palm branches were a, a reminder of a time when in the past, powerful kings had come and kicked God's enemies out of Jerusalem. And they were a prayer for when God would do it again. Send a powerful king to kick his enemies out of Jerusalem. That's why they waved palm branches for the redemption of Zion. Give them a wave. Okay. They didn't just wave, they also shouted. We're going to have the words up on the screen that they shouted. They shouted first, Hosanna. We've sung it in our songs already. They shouted Hosanna. It, it means God save. But what they really meant by it was God save the king. That's what they used Hosanna to mean in those days. So could we uh, say together, shout together if you want. We're going to say Hosanna, God save the king. You ready? Hosanna, God save the king. That's what they were shouting. Hosanna, God save the king. There were some other things they shouted too. Here are the words. I'm going to get us a split in half. We're sort of go, if you're in the middle of the church, you can choose which half you're on. But this side, we're going to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You ready? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Those are some words from Psalm 118 that some of us heard last week. And just in case people were confused who they meant, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, who's he? Others in the crowd would respond with this, blessed is the king of Israel. So they knew who we were talking about. So this half we're going to do, blessed is the king of Israel. You ready? Blessed is the king of Israel. So this half says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Okay, we're going to do the whole thing. So in a moment, we're going to do the waving. We're going to do Hosanna, God save the king. We're going to do blessed. We're going to do blessed. Are you ready? Here it is. Let's do some waving. Hosanna, God save the king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Terrific. Give yourselves a round of applause. So you had this crowd. They were ready for a king. They were shouting for a king. They were waving palm branches for a king. Someone to come and kick their enemies out of Jerusalem but then it got a bit surprising, because over the hill they saw someone, and if you've ever seen on the TVs uh, people coming back, uh, a team who's won a, a big sporting match, or Olympians coming back from the Olympics, often they're riding on the top of a bus, riding down the streets as people are shouting and waving, and, or in those days people would have ridden, a king might have ridden into victory on a, a war horse or a chariot, but over the top of the hill they saw a man riding on a donkey. Just on a donkey. They'd been expecting this great king. They'd been shouting and waving for this great king. And they saw a man riding on a donkey. I don't know if you heard it in the reading. It says they didn't understand what was going on. Even Jesus' disciples didn't understand what was going on. Until later. And so in a moment we're going to sing. Then we're going to hear one of Jesus' disciples. We've got them here. Uh, just for today, one of Jesus' disciples to tell us what they remember from that day and what they understood later. But on the day no one understood, they were asking each other, who is this? 
We thought we were getting a great king. And we've got a man on a donkey. Who is this? Who's this man? Do I remember that day that Jesus went into Jerusalem? Of course I remember it. Who could forget? It was years and years ago now. I was clean shaven back in those days. And, but you know, it feels like yesterday. We were all so excited because, you know, just a week or two before that, well, Jesus had brought his friend Lazarus back from the dead. And so we were all very excited about what was going to happen. You know, surely only someone sent by God could do that, we all said. And Jerusalem, well, Jerusalem itself, it was absolutely packed full of people because it was Passover. It was party time. Everyone who'd heard anything about Jesus was there. And everyone had heard what he'd done to his friend Lazarus. Now, of course, we as his disciples, well, we were all sure that Jesus must be the king, the king that God had promised. And so we were all really, really excited when this huge crowd all thought the same thing too. Yeah, we were sure, we were sure that Jesus was going to be the king who'd come to overthrow the Romans. And what better time to do it when 300,000 people were in Jerusalem? Yes, do I remember that crowd? Oh man, of course I remember the crowd. They were all there, yanking palm branches out of trees. Oh, that's dangerous, sorry someone. Um, (laughs) Yanking palm branches off trees and waving them. The king, the king. The crowd that came rushing to meet us, well, they they were waving these palm branches. This crowd was the biggest thing I'd ever seen. They were absolutely buzzing. Even us disciples got into the swing of it. People passed us palm branches and we waved them too. They were shouting words, words from Psalm 118, words we all know because they're words that we always say at the festivals, the major festivals. What a crazy day it was that day. Do I remember the Pharisees? Of course I remember the Pharisees. Who could forget their faces that day? Please, could we have a slide? We've got Frank here. Uh, A picture of Frank's face that day when the crowd were available. There he is. He was fuming. You see, the Pharisees, they'd been planning to kill Jesus. But they could see how popular he was that day with the huge crowd running after him. They knew that they couldn't touch him as long as people were following him. Frank there, well, he was gnashing his teeth. Everyone was, they were all really cross. It was worth it being there just to see their sour faces. The whole world's gone after Jesus, they said grumpily. The whole world's gone after him. But you see, what they didn't realize, and now as I think about it looking back, is it was a little bit ironic, really. Because really, looking back at it now from 30 years later, well, I could see that really it was the other way around. You see, Jesus, it wasn't that the whole world came after Jesus in the sense that they followed him. Really, the whole world came after Jesus and killed him. And so really, the whole world didn't come after Jesus. Jesus came after. Jesus came for the whole world. See, I didn't realize it at the time. I was there waving my palm branches. But the Pharisees, ironically, were onto something. We didn't realize it at the time, but it's true. Jesus came for the whole world. Do I remember the donkey? Of course I remember the donkey. Who could forget the donkey, which I hope is going to stay on the stick. Here was the donkey. Who could forget 
the donkey. The donkey's also called Frank. There was Jesus passing through this crowd, sat not on a chariot, not on a war horse, but on this young donkey, like one of the prophets of old. You should have seen Jesus on this donkey. His feet nearly touched the ground. He didn't look majestic. He didn't look splendid. And at the time, we didn't realize why it was that Jesus had come on this donkey. We just assumed, well, he couldn't get his hands on a chariot. He couldn't get his hands on a war horse. So he must just have picked a donkey because it was the only thing around. But, but you know, now, now as I look back on those years, well, it's all obvious, isn't it? Jesus provided the donkey for a reason. Jesus doesn't do anything by accident. He doesn't do anything out of necessity. He knew why the donkey was there for a reason. It was a big clue. The donkey, well, it was Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, of course. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king come. See he comes righteous and victorious, but lowly and riding on a donkey. Oh, we were so stupid. We completely missed it. We completely missed what Jesus was trying to tell us. You see, Jesus was coming into Jerusalem as king. We, we got that bit right. But Jesus, well, he was trying to tell us what kind of king he was. He wasn't the kind of king we all thought he was going to be, you see. It, it was only afterwards. It was only after Jesus had been glorified that, well, it finally settled into our heads. That we finally realized why it was Jesus had come in on the donkey. You see, Zechariah 9.9, it was the clue. Jesus is humble. Jesus is lowly. He's riding on a donkey. How had we not seen it? You see, that's who Jesus is. He's humble. It's his character. It's who Jesus is. It's what he did. It was his life. When I think back, how could I not have seen it? This was Jesus, you know, who helped people without being asked. Just like when he turned the water into wine at that wedding. This was Jesus who, who showed love and concern for people he'd never, he'd never normally even look twice at. Like that Samaritan woman by the well. This was Jesus who, who, who helped people that no one else would. Like the invalid man at the pool of Bethesda. This was Jesus. The humble man with a deep heart of love and compassion for others. You see, I realize Jesus isn't the sort of king who sits high on his throne and sends others out to fight and die for him. No, he got down from his throne. He got down and he went out and he suffered and died for others. He didn't have that crown made of gold and jewels. He had a crown made of thorns. He didn't come for the awards and the applause of other people. He came to die for them on a cross. You see, God did keep his promise that day to send a king who would rescue his people. But we got it so wrong. We expected a proud king, a king whose victory would come through big armies fighting and who would finally conquer the hated Romans. We thought, you see, that's what we thought we needed more than anything else. We hated the Romans. We wanted a king to get rid of them, get rid of the Romans. But how wrong we could have been. How wrong we could have been. You see, King Jesus, well, he was going to bring victory. But not a proud and violent victory. No, the donkey was the clue. A humble victory. A humble one. The only blood that would be shed would be his own. 
And you see, the victory wouldn't be over the Romans. Of course it wasn't. There was a bigger enemy all along. How could we not have seen it? The clue was there in the donkey. The clue was there. He just brought his friend Lazarus back to life from the dead. No, the biggest enemy, of course, was death. Death itself. Jesus wasn't here to conquer the Romans. He was here to conquer the grave. Well, you know, folks, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm afraid I put the liturgical cart before the donkey again. I can't help it. I'm just so excited about what Jesus did. But you'll have to come back on Friday or Sunday or both to hear more about what happens next. But, you know, the good news is that, well, Jesus is still the king. But he's not in Jerusalem. Well, he's sitting with God the Father in heaven. And he's not just king of Israel, like the crowd said. He's king of the whole wide universe. He rules and reigns over everything, over all of it. Isn't that amazing? Could you imagine meeting someone like that? Could you imagine meeting someone so powerful that they're the the king of the whole universe? I don't know. I think I'd be a little bit scared if I met our queen. This kind of kindly old lady. Never mind, the king of the whole universe is so powerful and strong. Well, at least I'd be a little bit scared if I didn't know Jesus. Because the donkey is the clue. Because even though he's a strong king over the whole universe, well, he's still that kind king who helped and healed. He's still that humble king who rode into Jerusalem on Frank. He's still that loving king who came into the world not to be served, but to serve, to die for us, not for us to serve and die for him. That's our king. How lucky we are to have a king like that.